Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. For those of you that are guests with us this morning, thank you for being here. Uh, my name is Shane Harrington. I am the student pastor here at Collective Church. I am, I'm excited to be able to preach this morning. Um, I, I really enjoy being able to give the opportunity. So thank you, PJ, for allowing uh, me to speak this morning. Uh, we are in a series called Relational Vampires, Relational Vampires. And I love the theme of this, uh, this series as uh, we're in October. And I don't know, are there any scary movie fans in the room or is it just me? So a few, okay. Like not very many. Okay, that's okay. Well, this is not gonna be scary today, maybe. I don't know, depends on where you're at. But uh, we're gonna be, you know, talking about critical people. And last week we talked about hypocr- hypocritical people and this week we're gonna talk about critical people, critical people. Now, some of you some of you just got really stiff in your chair, uh, really stiff in your chair. Hey, um, it's okay. Sometimes it's okay to, to, to have some hard conversations. And uh, what I love about our church is we don't shy away from this stuff. We just take it head on and we see what the Word of God has to say about it. So y'all, be, y'all lean in with me this morning as we talk about critical people. And, you know, I have been, PJ, you have no idea how long I have waited for this opportunity to be able to take this moment to address an elephant in the room. You know, every Wednesday, me and my team, we work diligently hard to set this place up for midweek worship. And, you know, if you can just visualize with me over here, we move all those chairs out of the way. We have awesome spike ball that goes on over there. Nobody's been hurt too bad yet. But right, we have spike ball over there. Over here, you can see some jungle pong or ping pong, board games around, just kids having fun. We got basketball in the back. It just all kind of miraculously comes together. I don't know who does that. But it, you know, we get all this put together, the team, you know, we pray over our students. And, man, we're just excited to see them. We love our students. They're the best. And they come on in, and we have our check-in ready for them. They come in, and I'm, of course, I'm, I'm usually in here or out there, and it never fails, though, people. It never fails, okay? I'll, I'll walk, and I'll be like, hey, how was your wig? It's so great to see you. What are you wearing? <laughs> critical people, critical people. Yeah, every midweek, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm wearing clothes, I guess. Like, you, you wore that same shirt last week. Okay, I don't know what I wore two days ago, much less last week. But anyway, I've been waiting for that moment for a long time. You've been called out, students, but I love you anyway for it. All right, hey, let's get into the word. Uh, Let's get into it this morning. Uh, Critical people, you know, sometimes and unfortunately, we're just going to deal with critical people. It's It's not something that you can avoid. It's not something you can get away from. It's just something that you are going to have to deal with. And so many of you, when I mentioned critical people this morning, you immediately thought of three to five people in your head, right? Come on, don't lie. Be with me this morning. You know, there was about at least one person came to your mind as soon as I said critical people. You're like, yeah, that's my boss. That's my boss. Or yeah, that's, that's my coworker. Oh, <laughs> even better. That's my spouse. Easy, right? But yeah, we all deal with critical people and you will be criticized. But can I, can I tell you this, Church of God, 
right? If you follow Jesus with your life, you're gonna get criticized. If you truly follow Jesus, you will be criticized. So how do we respond to critical people? How do we respond to critical people? And we're gonna, I want you to lean in with me for about 20 minutes here, okay? All right, lean in with me here for just, a, for just a little bit. We're gonna go over four things of how we can deal specifically with critical people. Before we get into that, I wanna, sh- I wanna share this with you. Uh, this quote has been uh, attributed to Aristotle. He says this, to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. That's how you can avoid it. But here's the problem with that is if you avoid criticism by doing nothing or saying nothing or being nothing, then somebody's gonna criticize you for being lazy. So there is no way away from it. If you are alive today in the world, guess what? You're gonna deal with critical people. So let's get into it. So how do we respond to critical people? Number one, often we just do not respond. You just don't respond. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying here this morning. I am not telling you if there's confrontation that you need to deal with that, oh, this is a great idea. Shane's telling me I can sweep that underneath the rug. That is not what I'm saying. I am telling you that sometimes when criticism comes your way, you just don't need to respond to it immediately. And you don't need to respond to it because a lot of times what happens is you get this urge that you're just obligated to respond. And a lot of times our response comes from our own flesh. Now, let's, let's talk about this. Let's be real this morning, okay? A lot of us in the room, I really feel like you're like, you know, I do pretty good face-to-face with critical people. Some of you don't, but some of you, we'll, we'll just give the benefit of the doubt. Sometimes we do, we do good, right? But where do, where do we have a hiccup? All right, let's, let's address it real quick. Social media. So, so here's, here's the thing, we've, uh, we've not allowed the enemy to mess with us in person, but we've allowed the enemy to use social media to, to have him get a, get a foothold in our mind to criticize us and for us to have the opportunity to be critical. So let me, let me say, when you, when you get ready to make that post, or if you get ready to make that text, can I just, can I, get, can I tell you something? Don't. Just don't. Or, or better yet, when you see the criticism or you see all the critical things that you see on social media, instead of being that person that just like, ooh, I'm gonna tell that person who's right and who's wrong, and just don't respond. Because here's the deal, so, so many times we do this and we forget the example that Jesus has said. And Peter talks about that in 1 Peter 2.23. He says, he did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threatened revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. If, if we're really honest with ourselves this morning and if we're going to follow Jesus with our lives and if we wanna be uh, criticized for following Jesus, that's one thing, but we, if we're going to follow Jesus, then we have to realize and follow what he did. Notice what it says there. When he was insulted, right, he didn't retaliate. Who'd he leave it to? He left it to his father who judges fairly. Let's be honest, when it comes to responding to critical people, many times we're not careful with it and we end up saying some things that we regret. 
And so one of the things I want us to, re- want us to be reminded of this morning is in the Proverbs, uh, it says that the vengeance is for the Lord. Hey, it's not a good look for us Christians to be vengeful people. It's not our place. So when criticism comes your way, oftentimes you just don't need to respond. Y'all with me this morning, church? All right, let's move on to number two. Sometimes you respond, but you respond carefully. You respond carefully. So let me talk about that, right? Instead, instead of reacting, respond, okay? Instead of reacting, respond because our flesh and, and, and what we wanna say wants to immediately respond or react, right? As our, we're emotional beings. And a lot of times when we are criticized, we react in response. When really what we should do is respond. And so what, here's what I mean by that is don't react emotionally and fleshly, respond carefully and with context, so if you are going to respond to criticism, and again, remember, sometimes you respond carefully. Right? Sometimes. Most of the times, there's no need to respond. So there's this story in the Old Testament of Gideon, and Gideon, he, he was fixing to deal with some, uh, some people who were angry with him. The, the Ephraimites were angry with him. Uh, because they weren't called to battle to go and to, to track down these people. And they really, they, 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 they thought Gideon was kind of, uh, kind of this, uh, he had some really special relationship with God and that, that really they thought that he was just leaving them out of the fold and that Gideon, you know, he just, he didn't want anything to do with us. Gideon's just trying to do this all on his own. And so Gideon's getting this, he's receiving this, this criticism from people, right? He's from the Ephraimites and he's, he's getting this, but I want y'all to notice with me when we read this in just a moment, how he responds. It's gonna, it's gonna sound different to you, but, but hang with me, okay? So in Judges chapter eight, Verses one and two, it says this, then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? See, there's the criticism there, right? We see the criticism coming at them. They're angry, they're mad because they don't feel like they got to do the justice that they deserved, right? But vengeance belongs to the Lord, right? So you see, there's, there's a repetitiveness when it comes to being critical. And they argued heartily with Gideon, but Gideon replied. And notice how he replies. He replies with a question, but he doesn't react. He responds carefully. He says, what have I accomplished compared to you? He's building them up. Do you see that? They're coming at him. They're being angry with Gideon, but Gideon decides, he's like, what have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of the Abizer? And so y'all are looking at it like, I have no idea what that means. He's, he's complimenting them and saying, listen, the role that God has given you is better than what I have done, right? He's giving them compliments. He's encouraging and lifting them up, even though they're being critical to him. And notice what happens because he responded carefully, because here's what Gideon could have said. As the prophet of God, Gideon could have said, you know what? I know what I'm doing. You guys need to go sit down. Because what he had the authority to do that. Because he had God's word. He, it was Gideon's job to go and get the two princes of the Midianites and deal with them. It wasn't the Ephraimites. 
It was Gideon's responsibility, but he gives them context to what's going on here. He builds them up instead of tearing them down. And so in verse three of Judges chapter eight says this, God gave you victory over Oreb and Z. These are the princes, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim's heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. You see what happens there when we don't react and we just respond and we respond carefully and with context. So here's, here's what that might look like is, you know, you might have a boss that just seems really highly critical because they don't notice anything until you do something wrong. Well, instead of reacting to your boss or reacting to your spouse or reacting to that friendship that's struggling, respond carefully and with context. So remember that as we continue to go on. We're gonna come back and hit some of these things in just a moment. Number three, all right, if you're taking notes, occasionally you listen and you make a change. Can I tell you something? Sometimes your critics are right. Y'all didn't like that. I'm gonna, hold on. Listen to me this morning. Sometimes your critics are right. Husbands, if your wife is telling you over and over and over again that you're being too hard on the kids, just maybe you're being too hard on the kids, right? If, you're, if, you, if you have some criticism that's repetitive in your life, maybe that criticism is things that you need to make a change in. I've even, I've even gone this far. I've been in ministry for a long time and, and, and honestly, there's some people that, you know, they just don't like me. They don't like what I do. They don't like what I say. And they've criticized me. But at the end of the day, and, and, and honestly, I've, I've come a long way with that stuff. But at the end of the day, sometimes even the criticism of people who don't like me has made me a better husband, has made me a better father, has made me a better preacher and teacher. See, because even sometimes, even if it's your enemies or if it's, if it's someone, if they are giving you criticism, maybe there's a little bit, if not total truth to it. And so sometimes, sometimes we need to listen and we need to make a change. If everyone around you is telling you like, hey, you may need to change this, then it might be good if we listen. Uh, when I first started out in ministry, I was, actually, I was actually 13 years old. I surrendered ministry, gave my first sermon in front of a whole lot of people. I was a nervous wreck, right? Just absolutely nervous. I, I, you wanna know what my sermon was over? The love of money. Who does that? Who lets a 13-year-old kid talk about money? I don't know, but they did. Anyway, I digress. So I'm up there, I'm teaching, I'm 13 years old, preaching to a bunch of people about the love of money. And I'm sitting here and I mean, I am locked arms with the pulpit. And I mean, my feet were just a dancing like this all for four and a half minutes. <laughs> Some of y'all are saying, well, what happened? Why, what happened? I was a nervous wreck. But I say that all to say this, you know, one of the best advices I got, really it was, it was, it was helpful, but it turned into something that I really needed to grow from and stretch. But 
I used to, I used to teach and pre- well, I got this advice from a, t- uh, from a preacher. He said, hey, if you want to get comfortable in your style of preaching and, and just be able to have some, you know, some, some really good ways to get up there and feel comfortable in your preaching, then just you know, write you a sermon and then preach that a few times and you get comfortable with it and you kind of you, know, you get a good feel for where you're at. And I was like, hey, that's a great idea. So you know, I started preaching when I was 13 all the way, you know, I grew up in Grant County. I preached at just about every Baptist church in Grant County you can think of. And, uh, but here's what happened. When I turned 18, I met my lovely future bride, Kayla. All right, and so, you know, Kayla, she was extremely supportive. If I went out to this old country church in the middle of nowhere with 14 people, right, she was there. She was there, she was there to support me, and I just, I just loved that. But uh, it, it, got to, it got to where she finally pulled me aside, right? She finally pulled me aside, she said, hey, um, I don't, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, I'm just, I'm just you know, do you, do you know how to, preach anything else in the Bible? Because <laughs> what I had done is I had, taken, I had taken this advice from this preacher to heart. And so I had, I had about four or five sermons that I would preach over and over and over and over again. And my, and my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, she comes to me and she says, hey, uh, maybe, you, maybe you need to do something different. Maybe you need to stretch yourself. And so I say that to say this because that was really good constructive criticism that I needed. Why? Because we're not meant to stay stale in our relationship. We're meant to grow and be stretched. And so sometimes when someone lovingly comes beside you and gives you some criticism, maybe you need to listen and make a change just like I needed to listen and make a change in that moment. And I grew from it. And so the Bible says this about that, if you'll, if you'll read this with me. Proverbs 15, 31 and 32 says this. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. Did you catch that? If you reject it, you harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Nobody in here wants to sit and not grow. Everybody wants to grow. If you wanna grow in your relationship with Jesus, if you wanna grow in relationships with your spouse, if you wanna grow in relationship with leadership, you have to be willing to listen to criticism. And in fact, if you haven't, if there's not little changes that you're making over the year by people giving you constructive criticism, then you're probably being harmful to your relationships overall, especially to yourself. So occasionally we need to listen to these critics. We need to listen to criticism and we need to make a change. Number four, last thing, and let's listen to this because this is, a, this is a big one, right? Always work to guard your heart of a critical spirit. Proverbs twelve eighteen says this, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Church, we, are, we, we have to be people that do this. There's so much negativeness. We've got to cut down on that. Try and understand too from this point of view, okay? I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell you and be vulnerable with you where, where I feel like there's things that lead me to having a critical spirit. And I believe this is probably true for a lot of us. But if you, if you really think of it, a lot of your critical spirit comes, is born out of pride, ignorance, and hurt. 
pride, ignorance, and hurt. Think about that the next time that someone's overly just critical with you and and instead of reacting back with a prideful, ignorant hurt of your own, why don't we back away from that and respond carefully with what Jesus wants us to remember when people come at us harshly and critically? That's gonna serve you well. So we need to be enough of the critical spirit, the hateful negativeness. Um, Look for the good. Look for the good. Because here's the deal. People, when they're they're being critical of you of something, listen to this, because this is important. A lot of times if they're being overly critical, it's, it's more to do with them than it is you. Why? Because of pride, because of hurt, because they just don't know what's going on in your life just like ultimately we don't know what's going on in theirs. So that's why we need to respond carefully, right? So always work to guard your heart of a critical spirit. Now, where do we get this from? Marianne's gonna make her way. We're gonna have an opportunity for us to respond and lay down some hurt, lay down some pride, lay down some, some uh, some critical things in our life that maybe you're carrying in here today. But I want, us to, I want us to look at the ultimate person, Jesus, who we said, if we follow him, we're gonna, we're gonna receive criticism, right? If we follow Jesus, we'll look at what Jesus did when he responded to people who were hurting him, physically, emotionally. When he responded to them, even though they were, they didn't really know and understand who he was. They didn't get it. And they had too much pride in their own traditions. What does Jesus do? When he's hanging on the cross and all these people are taunting him, all these people are hurling insults and they're saying, crucify him, right? What does Jesus say? Luke 23, 34 says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So many times in our life, we need to take that example that Jesus showed those people and we need to respond in that way. They don't understand what I'm going through. I don't understand what they're going through, but we've got to stop having such a negative, critical spirit. We need to take after what our Savior responded with. And that's with mercy and grace. Y'all with me this morning, church? Mercy and grace, because we have no idea what that person that's being critical is going through. Doesn't mean that we can't come alongside. Doesn't mean that we can't respond and help them out. And it doesn't mean that we don't need to take criticism sometimes and make a change. But what we need to do better as people of God, as the children of God, is we've got to stop being critical back. And we've got to start showing people love and mercy and grace and come alongside and disciple well. Because that is what Jesus is doing. Forgive them. So maybe you have somebody in here this morning that you need to forgive. Or maybe you're the one that is that harsh critic and the, and the, and the spirit is just laying on your heart that you need to lay that down this morning. That you absolutely need to respond and say, I don't need this spirit in me anymore. I don't wanna respond this way anymore. I wanna give that to you. 
So would you stand with me this morning? The, the altars are open this morning and we're gonna turn this place into a house of prayer. And so I ask you just boldly this morning, if you would, to just ask the Lord to help you respond differently without a critical spirit this morning. And so if that's you and you come down here, don't look for God not to answer it. So don't react, but let's respond this morning by coming and praying this morning. Will you come? Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.